Welcome to EPRI Unplugged, the podcast of the Electric Power Research Institute. I'm Amy Mills. In this episode, we're looking back in order to look forward in a discussion about energy efficiency, exploring how the landscape has changed dramatically and what exactly the third wave of energy efficiency is. My guest is Doug Lindsay, senior project engineer who recently authored a white paper called The Third Wave of Energy Efficiency. Doug, pleasure to have you. Thank you. Great to be here. Now, to put this into perspective, some of us can probably recall the large pieces of furniture that were once the family TV, followed later by plasma and LCD TV sets, some that may have even had a VHS player built in, to the flat screen and high definition TVs, to the ability to stream programming on smart devices. All of this happened in a relatively short period of time. So how do those changes in technology relate to energy efficiency? Yeah, this is a great example of, of what we call market-driven efficiency, which is really included in the definition of third wave of energy efficiency. And the third wave, if I want to describe it in more detail using this example, we've seen today in our market we have large 60-inch, 70-inch TVs um, that are very thin. Uh, they really only consume probably 100 to 120 watts at a time. This is a, a shift in just a few decades from the the tiny CRT C TVs that we had that were maybe 24 inches wide um, and used an incandescent backlight and they consumed 300 watts at a time. So we've just seen a dramatic shift in the TV industry in the power consumption of the TVs. And it's not because of uh, really energy efficiency as much as it is about the, the product. We have higher clarity, we have uh, a better uh, lighting, and, to, to backlight the, 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 the screen. And that's really contributed to what we call market-driven efficiency. Now to go even further from that, uh, we can see that a lot of consumers today, a lot of end users, are even shifting away from using a TV at all. Um, we're using our smart devices, our tablets, our phones, and that's how we're watching TV. And that doesn't consume any power because it's a, a device that's not connected to the grid. And even if we do have to charge it, have to connect it to the grid, it's only 6 to 10 watts. And so we've seen a dramatic drop in power consumption just for viewing a show or for playing games. People no longer using televisions as much as they used to. And I think we're going to continue to see that in the future. Uh, as more people like the mobility of devices, they might like the ability to, to move around, to be flexible, to be doing other things. And that's not really, as I said, there's not anything about the, the energy efficiency of that. It's just that we have different ways of doing things today, and it's resulted in energy savings. And so we call that the, uh, a part of the third wave of energy efficiency. Um, there's, there's a lot of different parts of the third wave, as we would find it in our white paper here. But really, we're, we're looking at how do we capture these new behaviors, these new technologies that are now connected, things such as the Internet of Things, devices, that's included in the definition of the third wave, but also behaviors that, that people are having um, related to connectivity and flexibility. Well, let's talk about that third wave. So we've, EPRI has characterized these phases of energy efficiency into waves. So talk about that and, and what each wave might consist of. Yeah, so EPRI came up with this concept of waves of efficiency. This white paper entitled The Third Wave is really about defining a new wave of energy efficiency that, that's different than what we've saw in energy efficiency of the past. Uh, the first wave, as we defined it, is, is really about the, the initial government standards, the, the, the protocols that were developed um, by our state and federal governments 
uh, in response to the 1970s oil crisis. And we saw that there was a large shift in the country to to try to adopt more efficient ways of, of using our energy to, to not be as reliable on foreign oil and things like that. And so there was standards put in place for, for like washing machines, for refrigerators for the first time ever. And, and that really helped advance the technology forward. And we have things like the Energy Star, the Department of, of Energy that have, have now pushed technologies to become more energy efficient. And so, so we call these initial codes and standards uh, the first wave. And those still continue today. We have many state codes and those are advancing across the country. Many states have an energy efficiency policy and, and goals for their state. And so that's the first wave. The second wave is what we call demand side management programs. And that's uh, more of the utility-driven energy efficiency, where the utilities is now planning not just their, their centralized generation, but also energy efficiency as a resource to reduce energy on the grid. And we have utility rebate programs, incentive programs that are uh, offering money to the end user to, to reduce their consumption, either by technology or for certain times of the day. And so demand-side management is, is what we call the second wave. So the third wave, as I've hinted at a little already, is about connectivity. It's about behavior changes. It's about naturally occurring energy efficiency. And this naturally occurring is, is really hard to capture. It's hard to define. And it's been kind of going on for a long time, as we talked about in our TV analogy. That's occurred over the past several decades. I, I don't know if anyone's really tried to capture shifts in, in technology in the way people use technology such as with that TV. But we're trying to, to try to put a little bit of definition around these changes that can have a big impact in the future. As we look forward for the grid of the future, we see that our energy load is flat to declining in some areas. And this is really necessary for future planners to understand what are these, these other market changes that are having an impact on my grid that aren't our demand side management programs. There aren't state codes around these. They're just customer behaviors, such as the, the watching on tablets, such as connected devices, such as the smart thermostats. That's a great example. How is innovation playing into the third wave and energy efficiency? So that's really what uh, the third wave is all about. And the innovation that's happened in the marketplace has really driven this, this new Internet of Things uh, connected devices marketplace where we see, as you mentioned, whole home uh, smart devices that have connectivity to either your Wi-Fi or to cellular or to Bluetooth. And so we have things like cameras in, in, our, in our doors or we have uh, automated locks and connected light bulbs. We have smart thermostats, and there's, there's numerous other appliances that are beginning to hit the market that are connected. So all of these connected devices are, are usable by us as the consumer because we have smartphones. And smartphones have really been the, the technology that pushed us over the edge to this new connected devices world. Um, and it's because we have these little computers that we carry in our pockets that are allowing us to connect to so many different things now. And it's, it's amazing the capabilities that we have. I could sit here 300 miles away from my house and turn off my lights right now just because I'm connected to the internet. And it's not just the, the functionality of the smartphone, not just the capabilities, but it's actually the battery, the microprocessor, the components of the smartphone that have really expanded into other technologies 
And so we see these, these large smartphone companies developing these really tiny microprocessors, these new communication protocols that have expanded to uh, other technologies, and they've been adopted in, in appliances and devices and integrated so that we can communicate to them, which offers us a whole new realm of features that we didn't even know we needed before. And it's it's really driving this, this new wave of third wave of energy efficiency, as we like to call it. I think there is a really interesting dichotomy there that we are seeing some of this technology make consumers more aware of their energy uses. There are apps where you can monitor that. But at the same time, it's, like you said, market-driven and that people are just finding these cool things and adopting them, and the energy efficiency happens to be a byproduct. Yeah, and it's really variable. Um, some people want these, these new devices for the cool features, such as turning lights a different color or just because they want to play with their thermostat from the couch. They don't want to have to get up. And oftentimes you could see people actually using the device more than, than they would in the past if it was just a, a dumb control that was on the wall and not connected. So that's, that's part of the, the challenge that we have in, in defining the third wave and determining its impact is can we really rely on the consumer behavior and in many cases, it's, it's changing all the time. It's variable. They may use the device a little bit at first because it's really cool, and then it fades over time, and so they may not even use it appropriately at all. And, and that's where automation comes in. We see a lot of companies stepping into how can we automate these processes that guarantee energy efficiency, still allow the consumer to have that connected uh, and controllable product, but yet it, it, sa it saves energy maybe in a way mode whenever you leave the house to make sure that those energy savings are guaranteed because that's really one of their driving features is energy efficiency, whether people use it that way or not. Well, I will say I've incorporated this with my holiday lights more as a matter of convenience mm -hmm. again, but it does make a difference because I can control when my lights are on and off and yeah. you so see the savings. Yeah, so. you may see that you're scheduling them appropriately or you never – forgot to leave them off or leave them on before. Yeah. So now it's a, a new feature. It's something we have to get used to. It's something that we have to, to learn how to use. So there are two important metrics that stand out in the white paper. One is achievable energy efficiency savings in the U.S. through 2035 of 11 to 14%. The other is technically feasible savings of 31% over the same period of time. Explain the difference between achievable and feasible. So it's a great question. And this these numbers come from our 2014 EPRI report entitled U.S. Energy Efficiency Potential Through 2035. And it's important to note that these numbers um, include all three waves of energy efficiency, the customer behavior in the third wave, the demand-side management in the second wave, and the, the standards and codes from the first wave. And these are all continuing, as I've said. But these numbers really represent um, the 31% represents what's technically feasible, meaning what's currently available in the marketplace or what will be available by 2035 uh, to be installed that's not currently installed. So this includes the most energy efficient version of commercial lighting, the most energy efficient version of electric water heating, such as heat pump water heating, uh, the most efficient version of electric space conditioning. And that's really just a zoom out and, and look to see what's actually possible, what could be installed if we use the most efficient version. And so that's what the 31% is. Now the, the 11 to 14% is what we actually see as feasible by 2035. And that's an 11 to 14% reduction 
in the electricity consumption from 2012 levels. So this includes things like LED lighting, which is estimated to have a really big impact on the market in the next few years, um, enhanced codes and standards, and nat natural occurring efficiency is really going to be a part of this 11 to 14 percent. So the third wave is probably only about 2 to 3 percent of the, the 11 to 14 percent of this reduction because we really don't know how much uh, the consumer patterns are going to, to impact the future market. And we just saw a hint of that in the past few years, but it could grow rapidly in these next few years depending on how technology moves. And you mentioned some of the codes and standards, and there are some barriers to this. What are some examples of ways that we could bridge that gap? Yeah, so first cost is always the the barrier for a more efficient device. Um, it's usually got more complexity, more components in it, and just adding the connectivity to a, a device often makes it much more expensive. Just getting more market adoption of this will reduce the, the price of manufacturing which will really help drive adoption. However, if, if efficient devices also have more desirable features, um, and we saw this with the TV, such as increased comfort, faster results, if, if we just as a consumer find a, a different way to jump into this market, we're going to pay for it no matter what it costs if it's appealing to us. And that's the challenge that we have today with many energy efficient devices is how can we make this more appealing to the end user in, besides just energy savings. And now there's people out there that are seeking energy savings, but I wouldn't say that's the vast majority of the marketplace. A lot of people want to just buy the, the least first cost uh, item and just to, to have the, the basic capabilities, and that's what we're used to. But what are these other benefits? And we need to explore those. We need to determine what they are. Oftentimes, it's the connectivity that people want. They may not know how to use it yet, but it, they find it appealing might help lower their energy bill. Now, another large barrier that I see is lack of interoperability. And with connected devices like these, there's a lot of manufacturers that wanted to make their own product. They want to make their own app. They want to have their own unique solution so that they can be the, the big player in the market. And so we've seen a lot of these pop up uh, across the marketplace, things like Samsung SmartThings, Amazon Echo, GE, Google all have one. Nest has a works with Nest line. There's a lot of these out there that have a, a single primary hub that the, that the user communicates through, and then it controls all the devices. And so because we have so many of these different manufacturers in the market, all using different uh, communication standards, we have a just kind of a, a mismatched uh, assortment of, of products that consumers may or may not be able to integrate together which really makes it hard to use. And, and it's the ease of use that we're really focusing on uh, here. Um, people don't want to have to open up 12 different apps just to turn on their lights, to adjust their thermostat, to change the water heater. And that's really inconvenient for the end user. So what are some ways that EPRI is continuing to look at this and how to advance that third wave of energy efficiency? And how can utilities plan for potential future impacts? And we have several activities here at EPRI that are ongoing um, regarding energy efficiency, regarding Internet of Things and third wave and connectivity in general. Uh, first of all, we have our technology innovation sector, which is our TI sector. We're always working to develop new technologies. We're looking to enhance energy efficiency and end-use devices, imp improving connectivity in any way we can. Um, so some of these examples uh, that are current research include our next-gen heat pump, water heater, and our 
compact DC AC inverter that was a finalist in our Google in the Google Little Box Challenge. These are just some of the EPRI innovations that we've taken on in the past few years to try to introduce more efficient either operation or manufacturing uh, to try to get a more efficient version of these products into the market. But also EPRI will host the uh, Customer Connected Devices Working Council, which brings together different groups such as utilities, service providers, manufacturers, stakeholders, and others to try to advance connected devices as a whole. We really want to provide value to customers, utilities, society, and, and this Customer Connected Devices Working Council really tries to plan the, the path forward for these connected devices and how they can be most efficient, how they can be most adopted and beneficial to the end user. EPRI also has numerous demonstration sites for these type of technologies, um, such as our Smart Thermostat Collaborative. We have uh, demos in the field for, for network lighting controls, smart water heaters, and many other technologies where we're constantly gathering data on how these devices are actually used by the end user and how they're communicating and how often they're, they're being uh, adopted and how they're often they're actually providing value to the end user. And this data is really going to help us define in the future uh, the problem of planning for this. And while there's many ongoing initiatives at EPRI, we still have a, a lot of work to do. This is a difficult uh, market to, to estimate. Um, the customer behavior market is, is variable, and it's, it's going to keep being that way. Um, but we need more data. Uh, we know that, that if we can, we can gather enough uh, data to determine what the average customer is doing with each connected device, how their engagement fades over time, these more reliable numbers will help us to, to better be able to determine and to gauge the, the real long-term impact of the third wave. So I want to ask you, Doug, you've been with EPRI for about five years now. What you led you to energy efficiency research? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's because of the third wave that's really appealing to me, um, the innovation in the marketplace, the, the new connectivity, the new wave of, of appliances, the new wave of lighting that's coming out. All these changes in the marketplace are really exciting, and it's it's interesting to see how they're going to be adopted, what products fall off the market because they aren't successful, um, what products really provide more value than we ever knew we needed. Um, and it's, it's a really fast-changing market, and we, we're seeing a lot of innovation right now. We're seeing a lot of, of products that are, are providing features maybe we don't need, maybe we do need, but it's really a exciting place to be right now. Let's say in another five years, if we were to sit down and do this again, what do you think we would be talking about? I think we would definitely be talking about automation. I think that's really the next uh, wave, uh, the next step for this third wave is to see how we can capture the data that we do have from motion sensors, uh, occupancy sensors, and get it to, to spread that data to all the other devices in the room. And now that may be like turning off your, your uh, dishwasher during certain hours. Uh, maybe it's turning off your coffee pot that you left on because you, you left home and you forgot to turn it off. It's adjusting your thermostat. And these are things that are possible today, but I think they're going to be more widespread in the future. And I think we're going to be able to see that these devices are going to be more able to shift to the, the needs of the grid. Um, they're going to be more flexible loads. We're going to be able to, to fill the gaps of, of solar uh, power that's being introduced to the grid. And so we're just going to have a more flexible uh, set of technologies, hopefully, in the near future. 
Well, anything that has convenience included is appealing to me. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, Doug, thank you for your time. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. And if you'd like to learn more about The Third Wave, you can read Doug's paper, which is available on our website, esbury.com. Until next time, we're shaping the future of electricity.